Hallelujah. Well, we want to go to the word of the Lord this morning. And um, I have got three verses of scripture that I want to use today as a text. And each of them comes from a different psalm. So we're going to the book of Psalms. Now, I, I want to say this before I get started. I had felt this, had intended to preach this last Tuesday night, and the Lord moved in. I said then it, it will take longer for me to lay the foundation than it will for me to make the point, but I have to lay the foundation. So I'm asking you to stay with me. Also, let me just tell you that as I lay the foundation, I would ask that you not predetermine the direction I'm going, because... The things that I'm going to say in my foundational remarks are only there for reference point, but it's not, uh, it's not the direction that I'm going today, all right? Um, so I'm asking that the saints of God would help me, would stay in tune with the Holy Ghost and, uh, and help your pastor today, because I really do feel like I've got word from the Lord for somebody here today. And eventually, eventually at some point we'll get back into our, uh, into our study of the book of Mark and, and uh, some point, who knows, maybe Tuesday night, I don't know when, we'll get back into our study of, of add to your faith. We'll, we'll get back into all of that when the Holy Ghost says it's time. But for right now, I feel like God is doing something specific in some lives. And that God is reaching for people. He's reaching for people. Amen. Amen. I am not a prophet of doom and gloom. And uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, looking for the Antichrist. I know he's going to come. But I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's where my focus is. And if I'll keep my eyes on Jesus Christ, I won't have to worry about the Antichrist. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I've had folks ask me all kinds of questions. Is this vaccine going to be the mark of the beast and this, that, and the other? You know, all I can tell you at this point is I, I know enough about God to know that when that time comes, there's going to be enough good, solid men of God giving us warning that we don't have to take the warnings of false prophets and believe what they've got to say. If, if we're about to make an eternally uh, consequential decision, I think, I think if, if anything this, this uh, virus has taught us is that we can trust the hearts of good men of God who, who feel direction in the Holy Ghost, who get warnings in the Spirit, and, um, and so we don't have to worry about all of that. When that time comes, we'll cross that bridge. 
But we'll cross it in faith and not in fear. Let me say that again. When that time comes, we'll cross that bridge. But we are not going to cross it in fear. We're not going to do anything out of fear. We're going to do everything out of faith. Well, praise God. Amen. So, so don't, don't, even, don't even fret over everything that you're hearing. I'm hearing a lot of it too. And uh, don't, don't fret. Don't lose any sleep over it. All right. God will give us the answer. He'll tell us what to do. And if we'll act on his voice and follow what he's got to say, we're going to be all right. Praise God. All right. Three verses of scripture from the book of Psalms. And so it's going to take you a few minutes to kind of uh, flip through these. I am going to take them in the order they appear in your Bible, so that'll make it a little bit easier for you. Uh, but, but I do ask, if you've got a little piece of paper or something, I, I'm going to want you to mark these chapters because we're coming back to the chapters in a few minutes. Psalm 14 and verse 3. Psalm 14 and verse 3. And uh, now, I, I would remind you, uh, just in case I forget, that the book of Psalms is a song book for Israel. That's what Psalms are. They are songs. And that is important to the things that I'm going to say today. And that's why I don't refer to Psalm chapter 14. That's like opening your songbook and say, turn to chapter 83. And let's sing, I'll fly away. That's not a chapter, all right? This is a songbook. And this is Psalm number 14. And then verse number 3 says this. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. All right? They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Turning now to Psalm 53 and verse 3. Psalm 53 and verse 3. Praise God. Psalm 53, verse 3. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Sounds familiar? Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And now turning to Psalm 73. Psalm 73 and verse number 2. Psalm 73 verse 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. 
Now there is a common word in all three of these verses. Psalm 14 verse 3 says they are all gone aside. Psalm 53 verse 3 says every one of them is gone back. And Psalm 73 and 2 says but as for me my feet were almost gone. All right. Now I will Lord willing announce my title in a little while. But um we are going to be coming back, as I said, to each of these psalms. And we're going to be looking at them because there's something here that really caught my attention the other day. In fact, I woke up Tuesday morning with uh, the words from a couple of these psalms in my head. And I had to look it up. And I, in all honesty... Uh, one of them I thought was found somewhere else. And I went to look at the scripture where I thought it was and it wasn't there. And so then I had to search and find it. But I knew it was in the scriptures. We'll talk about it in just a few moments. I want you to put your Bibles down, but I do hope you've marked at least Psalm 14. Uh, we're going to go back to that here in just a moment. But I want us to pray right now. As I said, I really feel like God has a word for somebody today. Uh, somebody in the house. Somebody listening online. God's got a word for somebody here today. And I want him to have his way. I want to see lives transformed by the power of the word today. Would you pray with me and pray for me? Let's talk to the Lord together right now. Everybody. Jesus' name. Could we worship him together, everybody, for just a moment more? Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated again. I ask you, bear with me for a few moments while I lay a foundation. Don't, don't get lost in all of this. I need my amen corner in full swing this morning. Amen. And uh, those that are online can join that amen corner as well. But I need, I need some help today as I try to deliver what is on my heart and in my spirit. Amen. In uh, Psalm 14, we read verse 3, and we read Psalm 53, verse 3, and some of you may have noticed that this was, uh, that these two verses are very, very similar. Well, let me tell you, not only are these two verses 
similar. But when you look at the entirety of Psalm 14 and compare it with the entirety of Psalm 53, you're going to find that these two entire Psalms are almost identical. Very, very close to being word for word. Let me read to you uh, Psalm 14, verses 1 through 7. Psalm 14, and if you've got your Bible, follow along with me now. Psalm 14, verses 1 through 7. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Now I'm turning to Psalm 53. And I want to read verses 1 through 6 for you, this entire psalm. And I want you to listen to how close it is to being word for word to what we just read. Psalm 53 verse 1, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and did seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread? They have not called upon God. There were they in great fear where no fear was. For God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame because God hath despised them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When God bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Amen. When you look at these two passages of scripture, they are so close to being the exact same thing. However, there are some differences. In fact, you'll find three main differences. Stay with me here for a few moments today. When you look at these two passages, these two psalms, these two songs, both written by David. Amen. When you look at them, you find three main differences. First of all is the title. Now, I didn't read the title uh, in, as I read these to you. 
you, but if you've got your Bible open, you can look and see that right after Psalm 14, there is a very, uh, in my Bible, it's a small little line that appears before verse 1. Anybody see what I'm talking about this morning? In your Bible, there is something that is stated uh, just before you get to verse 1. It says, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. Anybody see that? To the chief musician, a psalm of David. But when you go to Psalm 53 and you look at the title of this psalm, though it is very much like Psalm 14, the title is different in these two psalms. Just a little bit different, but it is nonetheless different. Psalm 53 opens uh, with these words to the chief musician upon Mahalath uh, which which uh, it, it appears from my studies to be a, a particular kind of tune like we would talk about something being uh, uh, country or being jazz we, there are certain styles of music and when he speaks here of Mahalath that is a particular kind of tune and and it comes from a Hebrew root word that means sickness. Sickness. What we understand uh, with the addition of this term to Psalm 53 is that although the two Psalms are indeed very much alike with regards to the wording, they were evidently very different with regards to the music that was associated with them. Now we understand we recognize in today's society how many times have you heard somebody go and pick up an old song and put new music to the old words are you with me today and sometimes even the original author will go back and take his song that he wrote and he'll add a little different tune and, and make it a different song really all together by the kind of music that is played with it hallelujah amen and so we recognize today that that goes on and, and if that is the case uh, as it appears to be in these two psalms uh, then when we sit down and just read the words uh, we're not really going to notice that much difference but those who sang the songs uh, would recognize uh, that there was a great difference uh, in the approach uh, that the song was taking. Are you with me? Amen. Now the second difference, the second difference, uh, amen, that, uh, that we find in these two uh, Psalms uh, was the identity of God. The identity of God. In Psalm 14, uh, verses 2, 4, 6, and 7, uh, identifies Him as Yahweh. They used the tetragrammaton. They used that Jewish identity of the I am. Amen. The one who, who, who spoke to Moses. The one who was the provider for Israel. But Psalm 53, nowhere does Yahweh appear in that psalm. In every case that God is mentioned, He is referred to 
as Elohim. That is the term for the creator, the one who will be the judge of all mankind. Now look, this is important and it's significant. Amen. In the first one, there is an appeal. Amen. There is a God who is the provider, a God who is, amen, the Savior. But in the second one, he's just the creator and the judge. That's all he is. Amen. Amen. And then the third thing that is different between these two is the ending of the psalm. Brother Merriman, read for me Psalm 14. Now, Psalm 14 ends with two verses, verses 5 uh, and six, I want you to read uh, uh, these two verses here. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. They, there were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. You have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. But Psalm 53 verse 5 says this. There were they in great fear where no fear where was. Where no fear was. For God hath scattered For the bones God of them. For God hath scattered the bones of them. That encampeth, that against, encampeth thee. against thee. Thou hast put them Thou to shame. Thou hast put them to shame. Because God hath because despised God them. Because God hath despised them. Now this is a significant difference. It appears that Psalm 14 focuses more on God's deliverance of the righteous. Amen. God is in the generation of the righteous, he says in Psalm 14 and 5. But in Psalm 53, it's not about deliverance for the righteous. It is the defeat of the wicked. Amen. This is what he said. He said God scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. That's a main difference. That's a major difference. The God Yahweh, the God of Israel is appealing to the righteous in, in, in Psalm 14. But in Psalm 53, it is Elohim, the God, the judge of the earth who has brought judgment upon the wicked and scattered their bones. Amen. Amen. Now, those are the three main differences. But there are also two other differences that I want to point out to you that seem to be less significant, but really they're not. Psalm 14 verse 3, read it for me again. They are all gone aside. They're all gone aside. They are all together become okay, filthy. Okay, we'll, we'll come back and read that again, but I want you to skip now to chapter, uh, I'm sorry, here I am saying it, to Psalm 53 and verse number 5. Uh, 3, I'm sorry, Psalm 53 and verse 3. Every one of them is gone back. All right, now, in 14 and 3, he says they are all gone aside. In 53 and 3, he says they are all gone back. According to one commentator, the phrase gone aside means to go off. It means to turn aside, to turn away, to 
depart. Amen. Uh, for example, that you're walking down a path and you just kind of take a little side detour. You, you get off the path you're supposed to be on, but you're still intending to get back and go the right direction. You just take a bit of a detour. That's what it means to go aside. But the phrase gone back means literally to go back. It means to return to where you came from. Amen. I I want you to see, amen, in Psalm 14, the warning is being made. Hey, you've gotten off track. Hey, you've you've stepped aside. You you, you were headed in the right direction, but somehow you lost your goal. You, You lost your path. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Somehow you've gotten your eyes on something different and, and you're looking the wrong way. But but I'm here to warn you. I'm here to call for you. I'm here to tell you, you. You need to get back on the right path. God will watch over the righteous. Just It's not too late. Come on, get back on the right path. And God will help you. But evidently they didn't listen. And whoever it was to whom David was writing, years have passed now. and They didn't heed the warning. And turning aside led them to the place that they turned back entirely. And when they did that, amen, he said, God scattered their bones. I tried to appeal to them. I tried to remind them of Yahweh, the I am, the provider. He loves you. He'll take care of you. But they wouldn't listen. And they went back. And so when they went back, they were judged. And David rewrote his song to give the picture of what took place. Now again, church, this is not... This is just explanation. It's not direction. All right? Amen. I'm not here to preach judgment today. Don't, don't write me off right now. I'm not here to preach judgment. I just want you to hear me out. There is one other difference that I want to point out to you as we compare these two verses that I've used in my text. Psalm 14 verse 3. Uh, read again. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. All right, now I want you to notice this. Are you looking at your Bible? In Psalm 14, verse 3, you've got to see it in your Bible. The, the, the words on the screen don't, don't do it justice. They don't, they don't give you this little clue that you can only see if you've got a Bible. Amen. Uh, there in your hands. And some Bibles don't do this, but, but, uh, but most of them uh, do, especially if it's an older Bible. What you'll see is uh, in, in Psalm 14 verse 3 when it says they are all together become filthy. Does anybody see that word all? Do you notice anything about the word all? In Psalm 14 verse 3, do you notice anything? You see that the word is in italics, which means it did not appear in the original. But the translators thought it might help you to understand what the writer was saying. And so they inserted the word in that chapter. But then we go to Psalm 53 and verse 3 and listen to what he says. Every one of them is gone back. 
They are all together become they are filthy. All together. All together. Now this is one word. In Psalm 14 verse 3 in the King James, it sounds the same. They are all together become filthy. But that's not what it said in the original. The original simply said they are together become filthy. But in 53 and 3, it says they are all together become filthy filthy and this may seem insignificant to you but there is I believe an important distinction for the first group they had together become filthy they had joined up with others who were leading them astray they were listening to the voices of negativity they were listening to the voices of those that wanted to fight against God of those amen who had become bitter in their spirit and they were listening to them and they were joining forces with them but by the time David rewrote this song in 53 and 3 he didn't say that they were just together with them but he said they were all together one word all together become filthy and this word all together amen speaks of the fact that it was a complete uh, uh, joining it was it, it was something that had consumed their character they weren't just joined up with filthy people they themselves had become filthy in their character and 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 in their spirit they were all together become filthy and once they reached the place of being all together filthy they were beyond hope even while they were with the crowd that was leading them astray even while they were listening to the voices that were trying to distract and dissuade them, there was hope and David was appealing to them. But they didn't listen and they altogether became filthy. They assumed a filthy nature and a filthy character and reached a place they were beyond hope. Now again, this is not my focus today. So stay with me as I bring in the third psalm. This is where I want to take you today. Amen. The first two psalms we have dealt with spoke of someone getting off track. Amen. They turned aside. And when they didn't heed the warning, they lost out all together. But I want to focus on a different scenario for the remainder of my message today. Let's go now to Psalm 73. Read for me verses 2 through 7. But as for me, as for me, my feet were almost my gone. feet were almost gone. My steps had well my nigh slipped. Had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Yes. For there are no bands in their death. Yes. Their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Yes. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have. More than heart could wish. Now I'm going to tell you, Asaph identifies himself as the author of this particular psalm. And he admits that he's standing in a place where there's a temptation to him to turn aside. He's right there at the place where the first group were in Psalm 14. He's gotten his eyes on others. He's becoming envious of the way that evil men seem to always come out on top. And then he admits in verse 2, 
that his feet were almost, everyone say almost, they were almost gone and his steps had well nigh slipped. Now, according to Strong's concordance, the phrase well nigh implies a state in which there was nothing firm, there was nothing of substance. And one commentator said that the word slipped actually signifies being poured out like water, resulting in the idea that Asaph's faith had reached a place that he was no longer on solid ground. His faith was pouring out of him, emptying him of everything that he had always believed. Amen. This is where Asaph was, right where they were in Psalm 14. He was in the same condition. He had stopped walking that path. He was tempted to turn aside. He was ready to go the direction the rest of them had gone. Oh, somebody hear me today. Amen. He continues on now with his transparency, confessing the things that were going through his mind at this time in his life. Read verses 12 through 14. Behold, these are the ungodly who uh-huh. prosper in the world. Yes. They increase in riches. Yes. Verily, I have cleansed my, I've heart, cleansed in my vain, heart in vain. And washed my hands I've in innocence. washed innocency. my hands in innocency. For all the day long, all day long have I been plagued, I've been plagued and chastened and every chastened. morning. I'm telling you, he's looking around. He's listening to those other voices. His feet, amen, are reaching a place. He's ready to get out of the way. He's considering going back like they did. He's looking around and he's saying, I've been trying to do right and every time I try to do right my world falls apart but look at those that are evil look at those that are wicked it seems like they're getting blessed everywhere they turn they're getting blessed and it's going through Asaph's mind and he's wrestling in his heart amen he's at that place he's ready to turn aside and perhaps even to turn back He finally reached a critical moment in which something had to be done. Read verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. There it is. He said, Brother Merriman, I've reached a place I can't take it anymore. I just can't take it. I'm about to go crazy here. This is just too much for my mind to comprehend. I've been trying to do what's right from the time I was born. I've given it my very best, but it seems like I wash my hands in innocency. It seems like no matter how much I try to do good, it just doesn't work out. But I looked at everybody else and it seems like they're doing fine. It seems like they don't have any trouble. They don't have any problem. And maybe what I need to do is just join up with them but he said the more I thought about it it started ripping my heart out it started getting a hold of my mind and I said I can't think this way I can't keep this I can't keep this mentality I gotta do something to change my perspective hallelujah hallelujah now Amen. Amen. Unlike the people to whom and about whom Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 were written, Asap did not reach a place of ultimate doom. I know this because after Psalm 73, you still got your Bible? You still got it open? Amen. I want you to look at something for just a minute. Amen. Psalm 73 is a psalm of Asaph. Now look at, let's start with chapter, I'm sorry, with Psalm 74 and verse 1. Listen to the way it opens. Listen to the title here. 
Maskil of Asaph. Of Asaph. So he wrote, he wrote Psalm 74. Uh, Psalm 75. To the chief musician, uh-huh. Altasketh. Yeah. A psalm a or song or of song Asaph. Of Asaph. 76 and 1. To the chief musician, the chief musician. of Naganoth. Yes. A psalm or a song, song of or Asaph. A song of Asaph. 77 and 1. To the chief musician. To the chief musician. To Jethan, yes. A psalm a of Asaph. A psalm of Asaph. 78 and 1. Maskil of Maskil Asaph. of Asaph. 79 and 1. A psalm, a psalm of, Asaph. of Asaph. 80 and 1. To the chief musician. Yeah. Upon yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. A psalm yeah. of Asaph. A psalm of Asaph. 81 and 1. To the chief to the musician. musician. Upon Hittah, a psalm, a psalm of, Asaph. of Asaph. 82 and 1. A psalm, a of, psalm Asaph. of Asaph. 83 and 1. A song or psalm of Asaph. I'm here to tell you, Asaph got close. He got to the place. He was ready to go back. But something happened. Something changed him. Something gripped him. When he reached that point, I can't take this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. I can't keep on battling this stuff in my mind. I got to settle this. I got to reach a conclusion. I got to get something figured out. I can't keep going on the way I'm going. Now I've preached and others have preached when it was that his mind changed. We know where he went to get his thinking straightened out. Amen. Psalm 73 verse 17 said until I went into the sanctuary into the sanctuary of God. When I got to church when I got to church something happened. I was ready to go back. I was ready to give up. I was ready to turn around. I went back to the sanctuary of God. Instead of joining forces with the wicked the way they did in Psalm 14, instead of signing up with them and saying, you guys must have it right. I'm going to go with you. He said, no, I got somewhere else I need to go visit first. I got somewhere else I got to stop by before this thing destroys me. I got to go back to the house of God. I got to go back to the place where his spirit can touch me again. I've heard enough negativity. I've heard enough, amen, of the voices of the rebellious. I've heard enough of those whose hearts are set on doing evil. I want to go back to church. Hallelujah. 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 Now we know that. That's not a surprise for most of us. I've preached about it before. Amen. But I want to tell you there's, there is a difference. There was something different between Asaph's critical condition and the condition of those who were ultimately condemned. Psalm 53, verse 3, read it for me again. Every one of them is gone back. They are all together become filthy. They are, they are all together. I want you to say all together. They are all together become filthy. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. All together. They're all together. 
Hallelujah. Amen. That's the way they were. The ones that were destroyed had become altogether filthy. But here's what Asaph said. Read again Psalm 73 and verse 2. But as for, but me, as for me, my feet were almost my feet gone. Were, wait a minute. My feet were what? My feet were what? Almost. My feet were almost. The condemned were altogether filthy. Asaph was almost gone. What I've come here to say to somebody today is there's a difference between almost amen, and altogether. It's not the same thing. I've come to tell somebody you have not gone too far. You've not reached that place of altogether. You may be almost. You may be almost. But you haven't gotten to the place of altogether. Hallelujah. The devil wants you to believe that you're altogether filthy. He wants you to believe that there is no hope. He wants you to believe that judgment's going to fall. But I've come to preach to somebody today. There's a difference between altogether and almost. Hallelujah. You may be almost, but you're not all together. You know how I know? Because you are in the place Asaph went to when he got turned around. That's the difference. You've come to the house of God. Whether you've come physically or you've tuned in online, I'm telling you, at your moment of almost, you knew where to go. You knew where you needed to be. You knew where your answers would be found. There's a difference. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. No matter how close you get to losing out, so long as you're almost gone, you're not altogether gone. There is still hope. Amen. You have come to the right place today. You've come to the place where you can get a word of encouragement. You've come to the place where you can get your perspective straightened out by the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God I'm telling you today the devil wants you to believe it's over but it's not over yet my friend hallelujah hallelujah I don't care how far down you may feel like you've fallen the fact that you made it to God's house again whether in person or online the fact that you've come to God's house to hear God's word tells me you're not all together gone. You're not all together gone. Oh, but preacher, I'm almost there. I'm hanging by a thread. Amen. And that thread is pretty frayed. I don't know how much longer I can hold on, but I came to tell you today, you may be almost gone, but you're not all together gone. God can still help you in this time of trouble. God can still turn things around for you. Listen, listen to Paul's testimony. And I'm nearly done. I told you it's going to take longer to lay my foundation than to make my point. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Almost is not altogether, though. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Listen to the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We are troubled on We're every troubled, side. troubled. Read. Yet not distressed. We're troubled, not distressed. We're perplexed. Perplexed. But not in despair. Not in despair. Persecuted. Persecuted. But not forsaken. Not forsaken. Cast down. Cast down. But not destroyed. Not destroyed. Can I tell you what Paul's saying? Almost, but not altogether. Almost, but not altogether. Devil, you thought you had me. Devil, you thought I was gone. Devil, you thought it was over. But I'm here to proclaim today. I may have been almost, but I wasn't altogether. to somebody today oh, God help me to get this across I'm telling you friend no matter where you've gone to no matter what you've experienced you're in the right place you're listening to the right thing there's a God that's drawing you today hallelujah musicians come Micah, Micah, chapter 7, verse 8. Read. Rejoice not against me. Rejoice not against me. Oh, mine enemy. Oh, mine enemy. When I fall. I fall. I shall arise. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I may have fallen, but I'm getting back up. I'm getting back up. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, darkness, the Lord Lord is going to be a light to me. I want you to know, devil. Amen. If I fall, I shall arise. If I'm in darkness, I shall have light. If I reach a place of almost that doesn't mean I'm all together it's not over yet devil I'm getting back up and I'm going on to victory hallelujah I've come to tell somebody today today can be the turning point in your story you're in the same place Asaph had to go to In order to find the strength to get up and keep going. It's here. It's here in God's house that you can receive the power to keep your mind. To to keep you, amen, from from going from almost to all together. Let God pick you up today and put your feet on a solid foundation again. I'm telling you, just because the setbacks of life have brought you to almost, you need to realize that's not the same as all together. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand today. Let's stand today. Oh, let's talk to the Lord.